Welcome to the Johnny O Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny O. This podcast is brought to you by Top Billing Entertainment, produced by Asylum Recording Studios and the great Mr. Zills. Today we got Jerry Montano. Montano, did I say that right? Montano, yes, Montano. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. All right, Jerry. So I guess, so the people know, when I was introduced to you or got first through my booking business, you were touring with a band, Death Division. Yeah. And that's when I, I, I remember, I think I had yeah. you twice in a short amount of time at two <laughs> different venues with them. And yeah, I mean that's been that's been a minute, but yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it was it was oh more than a minute. I mean it was pre-COVID, and and the one club you did was in the basement of a building, but it, it was about three hundred people club. And then I also had you at uh, you played you opened for a band at the Mississippi Moon Bar before you played there with uh, Stephen Pearson. <clears throat> but uh, correct. But yeah, I just, you know, that's how I met you. And then I remember last year or so the last couple of years, I saw you were out with Steven on some dates and I reached out to you and you hooked me up with this booking agent. And then you guys came and played last December, Steven and you guys at the Mississippi yeah, Moon Bar. Which yeah, was cool. Yeah, it was oh, awesome. Yeah, that was fun. You always take such good care of us, you know. Oh, I, I told them before we got there, I'm like, man, this is this going to be a great gig because uh, John takes like, take really good care of us and all that. And it was cool. Well, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, and, and again, I, I, I do it because I, I, people are going to get sick of hearing this every time I do the podcast, but for a guy like me who has no musical talent, but loves music and I want to be around it. That's why I started 10 years ago, top billing entertainment, just so I could, you know, like, like bringing Steve <laughs> Piercy. Like if I would could go back in time and tell, 12, 13 year old me that Stephen Piercy, I met him and he came to, you know what I mean? Like, holy shit. You know? No, totally. I, big I, deal. Feel, I felt the same way. Yeah. I think we even I, talked I, about that a little bit when you, when you got asked <laughs> to play bass for, for his touring band and all that. I think we even talked about how we both, you know, it's like, you don't want to be a fanboy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But sometimes, yeah, uh, and know, he was so cool. nice and gracious, you know, so that was cool because a couple Weeks ago, I was interviewing a guy, and he says, "Never meet your heroes, or whatever the saying is." And it's like, I haven't run into that yet, thank God. So, but yeah, I mean, there's there's always there's always there's always a few out there here and there. You know, I've I've had a I've had a few like that where I was like, "Oh man," you know what I mean? Like, yep, oh absolutely. Where I, or even I was like, "What the fuck is this fucking? What is this fucking?" Cocksucker problem. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and they're just, oh, yeah. I, I had one band. I, like the guy just, they came through and I swear it was just being a dick to be a dick. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, and it, I don't know. But anyway, I digress. So like, it, but it's <laughs> nice to, it, I've, I've, of all the experiences I've had in the past 10 years, I've had like maybe two negative. All the rest were very positive. Everyone was super cool. You know, I'm the same way. I mean, I've, I've been pretty, I've, I've been pretty lucky over the years. I mean, there's, <clears throat> there's hardly anybody that ever really stood out to where I was like, you know, what the fuck, you know what I mean? Yep. Probably maybe one or one or two or something like that. But you know, like, but really, uh, throughout my life, uh, there's been almost none. You know, so, so that's cool that people are like that, you know? Yep. So how long, how long would you say you professional, you've been a professional musician? I mean, I'm looking back at what you've done. It's, it's been a minute. Well, 
Uh, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I've been playing since I was young, but when that when it, when it switched from like you know uh, when I to when from when I played clubs, did all that shit, and then got my first like major record label deal that was in 1998. So oh. in '98, <clears throat> I got signed, got my first major label deal. And, you know, that's when it was first, like, you know, you get your first, like, million dollars. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so. What what did, can, yeah. what deal was that? What, like, which band? It was, the band was called The Deadlight. And it was with Electra. <laughs> we put out one record. It's just, it's, it's cool because even over the years, as there's been a new metal resurgence, there are all these bands of The Deadlight. Like, all the time. It's like. It's like an underground thing that people love. It was on a major label. Um, we did a, a shit ton of touring. The band was, uh, you know, we were wild, wild and crazy. It's funny. I, w- I was watching this documentary the other day, just completely random. <clears throat> and it was called, uh, it was about roadie, you know, like a roadie documentary on, uh, I don't know whatever on on fire tv about all these different roadies talking about their life experiences and you know i think it was like the guy from skid row or something See, that's, that sounds whatever. awesome i'm a documentary junkie it can be about anything yeah it's like it's like a, it's like a, it's like a d-grade you know uh documentary but during it there's like you know they they interview other roadies on this documentary and then they get to this this guy, and I'm like, oh my god, that's my old, you know, that's my old uh, guitar tech. And he's like, you know, and 19, they're like, have you have you ever had an experience where, you know, it was the worst experience of your life? And he's like, absolutely. In ni- in uh, 1999 or 2000, I went on tour on the Ozfest with a with a baby band, and these guys were completely all on drugs, beating each other up, Wait, out he- of their minds crazier than motley crew and finally i couldn't take it any longer and i got on a greyhound bus in the middle of the tour left the tour and i retired from the music business entirely because of these assholes and i was like wait a minute that was us (laughs) (laughs) i was just you know i mean he's like (laughs) he's like the bass player the bass player almost the bass player died from alcohol uh uh, poisoning ended up in jail and arrested. Then they brought him back to life. I'm like, that was me. And I'm like, so you come the across guitar player had a, the, <laughs> the singer broke the guitar player's jaw. His jaw was wired shut. He was drinking Percocet, doing meth through the hole in the side of his mouth, popping pills. And I was like, yeah, I guess that was pretty wild, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah. So the Deadlights were uh, the first, my first band band but we we had been playing clubs for forever and in like the up-and-coming scene <clears throat> that would become you know what they called new metal new metal yep right but we but at the time you know it was just all of us bands because we were we were new metal we're the ones you know obviously uh corn was you know kind of first in that you know corn i would say and you know, Deftones were, were, you know, around that time. And then, you know, like what, like Limp Biscuit or something. Sure. But 
really what new metal was was all brewing and about to come out of Los Angeles from all of us. The Deadlight, System of Down, Static X, Coal Chamber, uh, Head PE. Um, you know, uh, I could just, I could probably just keep going on if yeah, I can remember. I've, I've, them, I've booked a handful <laughs> of them. Yeah, Head PE for sure. Right, and then, but uh, we were we were that you know, uh, Lick. Uh, who else? Um, Incubus. Uh, you know, I mean, it just it just not. It goes on and on forever. But <clears throat> we were all friends. And local bands, you know, like me and Lynn Strait were very, very close. We used to hang out all the time, you know, like me and Mikey and Lynn were fucking like brothers, the same as uh, me and Des from Cold Chamber, like, and me. Those guys, I lived on the street. They gave me, they let me live in their house. Like, I was like living on the roof of a building when I was 20 years old. And we met, and then they just said, come live on our floor. And I went and lived in the coal chamber house, but that was before they even were signed to Roadrunner. Um, <clears throat> but technically they were signed, I believe like before that, but then they broke up and they were not really a band anymore. But, um, I think they're, but, you know, they I just mean, did like a show we were, recently, I think. <clears throat> yeah, they're doing stuff. But yeah. I mean, we go back that far, 1993, yep. you know what I mean? 1993, <laughs> 94. So, <clears throat> you know, we would have like cake parties and like, I mean, it'd be all in the Cold Chamber house in the front yard. And it'd be Lynn Strait and Dez from Cold Chamber and Wayne Static and Shavo from System of a Down and Darren from System of a Down and Roy from uh, Downset and Dino from Fear Factory and fucking, wow. uh, you know, Tony from Static. And it would be all of us, like, in the front yard at a cake party. I mean, when I say this, this, this is an actual true life you know, like, uh, like memory, this happened. Oh, you know sure. what I mean? Like we, I remember us all being in the front yard at the house, like standing out in the front yard and talking about, and this is like during like the manufacturer period, you know, fear factory, but, and he, and Dina was doing just coming out with that record, but we were all <clears throat> the young guys, but, um, you know, this is like, this was all of us just in a front yard at four o'clock in the morning drinking out of a keg talking about one day we're going to be rock stars like yeah we're going to be this we're going to be that we're going to do this and That's none awesome. of us had any clue but we all we are all stuck together and we we're all driven and none of us had record deals and we were all playing shows together three dollars for like six bands on a tuesday night at the coconut teaser you know mm-hmm. um and that's how it was so like all the all these dudes, all of us, we all went, we all started together as kids. So it's funny when people will be like, "What's it like knowing all these people?" But it's like, dude, these are like, these are like my like my junior high high school friends. Like we all really have known each other since we were like little kids, and we we all were friends and hung out with each other and made flyers and did shows and were excited for the other one and and booked shows together and hung out at the bars together and, you know, got drunk at whatever house we all met up with after whatever, you know, every couple of nights a week after whatever show or club we hung out at, you know, you know, you said made flyers. Like, so I started, I, I worked in the corporate world for my career and 10 years ago, I just had enough and I quit and, and I started top billing entertainment, booking bands. And, and I wish I could have had, 
you know, and I've had some struggles with it, you know, booking when I started, but I, I'd love to go back to the days where you went out, you made a bunch of flyers and you went, you hung them on the utility pole type thing. I mean, it just that, you know, now it's just people do all social media, but handing out flyers, make it, that just, I, I love just even the thought of it. And I, it's probably weird for me. You know what I mean? Like people are like, that sucked, but I love it. I, I wish, I wish I could have experienced that. <laughs> no, I mean, it was, I mean, it, it was different, you know. I mean, in those days, you know, you would like make flyers, you know, make your. We all made our demos, and then we would go out and hand them to each other. Oh yeah, give them away. And I mean, we would just like you know give them away. <clears throat> it's funny. I remember I had another band pre the Deadlight called Fifty Seven Crowns, and it was me and the guys from this band called Pygmy Love Circus, Danny Carey from Tool and Green Jello's old band. And I ended up in, you know, obviously Green Jello later. You oh, know, yeah. later I didn't ask you about that. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it was just like a fun thing. But but with uh, 57 Crowns, we were like a fucking, we were like the craziest band in LA, you know, and people loved to see us play. And so, like, System of a Down fucking loved 57 Crowns. So they always would play with us all the time. Like, like System used to open for us constantly or we would and then when they got bigger we would open for them just depending on wherever we were playing you mm -hmm. know what i mean yeah, um i've had bands but, come but through was, where like in my area it's like all right this guy was they were the headliner but the, but the 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 opener for them was more popular here and i'd ask them if they could swap and they were real it cool about depends, it you know yeah. but back back in those days it would be us us and system were were like 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 always tied together you know what i mean like uh, even in the the earliest days, you know, uh, all of our shows and Shavel and I were always close and would, you know, talk a lot or Darren, he would like, you know, come into Hollywood and like, you know, be like, hey, let's go hang out. And then Darren would sleep on my floor in my little studio apartment and we would just go out for the night or whatever, you know. But, um, uh, you know, like those days it was different, you know, like all the bands we had hand out our demos. And what I used to do in that band <clears throat> is I would take all the, all the demos cause I would come home with all these cassettes every, every night from all the demos from the bands and the bands that I didn't know, or I didn't like, I would just take their cassette and save them. And ever, whenever we had a few new songs, I would just overdub their shit <laughs> and then just write our name with a black Sharpie right over the labels of their shit. And go out on the strip and hand them back out to people. <laughs> That's what you put. <laughs> see, and no, people might not understand this, but to do that, you had to put the tape over the little notch. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Because if know, you snap funny, that little notch like, out, <laughs> people would be like, "I can't believe you fucking did that." But we were like, kind of punk rock, and be like, "I don't give a fuck." Yeah, you know what I mean, let him let him ask me. I'll punch him in the fucking face. You know, like yeah, we. Huh. It was like it was like that. You know, we were we were like. The world was different, you know. It, it was like oh. we were just we just lived differently. We had fun. It was it was exciting. But I mean, that was a long time ago, man. And oh. and things changed, you know, from from being the <clears throat> street kid to you know uh, doing shows and uh, building reputations and growing, and then eventually getting like you know Electra and Warner Brothers to sign your band for a million dollars, then things change again, you know, and, and you're more in a, a, you know, you're dealing with suits in a corporate environment 
uh, and working in million dollar recording studios with actual producers. And, and then next thing you know, you're out doing it in the real world, you know? Yep. So yep. I guess the, the long answer would be, you know, I've been doing it professionally like that since about 98 is when it all started. 98, uh, 99. Cause I think Lynn died in 98. And I think we got signed in 99, 98 or 99, but everything kind of happened around that time, you know, like mm-hmm. between all of our bands, I would say within one year, all of us got signed to major labels, you know, so out, of, out of the clubs. And and I remember yeah. that era of music, like it all hit at once it, it, and it was the new metal, you know what I mean? I, it, yep. Yeah. I mean, I remember uh, like Limp Biscuit. you know, it just, it all hit early 2000s, you know what I mean? So you guys must have been building up to that. But And you talk about the touring life and all that. I, I had a conversation on here a couple weeks ago with a guy, and now it's like I bring bands in, and it's like so weird. Like, you know, they just, they're on their phones and talking to their wives. And I, I you know, I, I'm in my when I started this business in my mind, it was like, I was thinking back to like Motley Crue, you know, when they toured and stuff like that. it's like, Hey, nothing like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were, you know, it's funny because we were kind of like, we were the, we were the, like kind of the, the caboose on that generation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, sure. Like the, the guys that came before us were already out there fucking living like pirates, you know, when we met type of negative and, and a lot of the bigger bands that, you know, the, the Megadeth and, 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 you know, you start meeting the bands that you admired and grew up with, you know, you, we'd go on tour with Ozzy and become friends with Sharon Osbourne and, and actually become friends with Ozzy and Sharon or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Pantera or, yeah, sure. uh, Typo Negative or all these bands all the bands that were on my walls, you know, all the bands that I like loved and admired and grew up with, you know, and, you know, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Carrie, you know, like just these, like these people that were your, your idols. And then you, you, you work with them or you get to know them, you become friends with them. And it's, it's a different thing, but you know, it's, it's an exciting, uh, it was an exciting time, but all these guys were doing that at a whole other level. And when we all came on, we were like fucking wild, reckless and free and fucking out of our minds. You know what I mean? There was barely an internet. There wasn't really, yeah. you know, and thank God. Right? And, uh, like, could and you we, imagine like my, fo- my son's 15 and his cell phone. I'm like, if I had a cell phone when I was 15, you know what I mean by that? Like, holy yeah, shit. I mean, everything's recorded we were, nowadays. We were, <laughs> we were, we were fucking out of our minds. Like it was, it was crazy, 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 crazy. So, you know, we were kind of, it's kind of cool that we were the last generation that got to see the excessive, actual excessive rock music world of, you know, making your record. Yeah, excessive is a great Sound word City to say and too. NRG and doing them, you know, for, you know, you know, being in these obnoxious recording studios and spending three, four hundred thousand dollars on your record and and going out on tour and, you know, playing with the bands that you loved and just the excessive crazy fuck I mean, if you've seen a movie like Rockstar or something. Yeah, sure. I've seen you it. know, it's it's like, like that is like that's like Disney. You know what I mean? Like that shit is like <laughs> kitty play compared to like what our lives are. like when I watch the Motley Crue thing, I'm like, these guys are pussies. Like 
Everybody thinks when you Motley watch the Crue. dirt. <laughs> yeah, people think Motley Crue is so crazy. I'm like, we were we were way crazier than Motley Crue ever was. They pretended to be crazy. We were really crazy. You know what I mean? Like, um, but all of us, you know, that's how it was, you know, for a decade. But, you know, so it, it's cool that we got to live that, that the tail end of that to, to know what it was like to actually, you know, A, to create your own art, which is rare because most uh, bands don't create their own music anymore. It's mostly done by the producers and, and written for them. All, even all the biggest, all the bands you hear on Sirius, 90% of that even is as not I, written. <clears throat> even as I book That's all written by the and same the production. people. Yeah, but the production well, that comes through. It's because the production and the songs, I mean, a riff might be from some, you know, like from somebody in the band, but it's because uh, all of those songs are are all co-written or completely written by the same four guys. There's like four people that are doing every single one of those bands that you hear on Sirius and on those stations. It's like four people. That's why they're all the same. That's why it all is like a slight variation of something else. Yes. 100%. This is factual, you know? That's crazy. No one will want to talk about it, but that's the truth. The yeah, no, I love to hear it. I, I the undeniable band, truth is it's like four guys. I had know? a band I brought through, and the sound and guy, my sound guy, he was having an issue, and I'm like, "What's going on? What are we doing? What's wrong?" Here, their backing tracks were yeah, so extensive, yeah. like, and it, it was. He's like, "It's just overwhelming to him because it's like." They it's they were barely plugging in a guitar. I guess I would say. Yeah, they were good. Well, I mean, there's a there's a lot of talk of that, but the truth is, is that you know, that's the other thing. I would say, like you know, seventy five percent of them are using a lot of that. You know, yeah, but not you know everybody saying yeah, it's an enhancement. Bullshit. I've been touring for fucking twenty seven years, and I've been out on tour with all y'all motherfuckers. And I know how much of everything that most of most of these people are really using, and a lot of them are pretty much using like all the guitars, all the fucking vocal cues. You know, like all they're they they mix it like pop. Yes, they might be singing, but it's mixed, blended in there. But you know what I mean, like that's especially awesome. in the, the like this the, the lower, you're talking about right now. I love it. I mean, I it's, mean that's but it's that's a known thing. I mean, in the lower middle of the band they're all doing that <clears throat> if you go see a band that is bringing their own little light show and shit like that all those lights all those lights are on cues and that's oh, yeah. all ran through like ableton or logic and all those cues are on a click so they have to play to a click 99.9 percent of the time all their shit is background tracks because it's all it's all it's all on the click. It's all cute. And here's what I would you know say what about I mean? that. Like, so I, I book a band who they, they're a nineties cover band and, and, and they, uh, they're fun and they do all songs from the nineties and, and all that stuff is triggered through what you were talking about because whatever song they're doing, the videos on the screen and all that. And, but that's, they're a nineties cover band, but it's for me, I guess I'm, 
growing up when I was younger, it's a little disappointing. <laughs> and and right, you probably and you probably know. I would be willing to bet that their background, their background vocals, or a lot of them are on on there, oh, yeah. and probably like a guitar tracks are on there, and probably like, uh, uh, you know, like there's probably there's probably like at least two stereo guitar tracks, background vocals, and uh, maybe like uh, a kick or something. Yep. But definitely, definitely guitar and definitely vocals for See, sure. Yep, for sure. And and with them. I'm okay with it because it, it, it's part of shtick ain't the right word because they're really good and it's a good show and it does really well when I book it. But, but it, it was disappointing to me when I got into this business just 10 years ago, I always been around music, but 10 years ago when I really got in the thick of it and book bands, when bands would come in and it was a little disappointing to be like, man, they, they like you listen to their, their CD. I got to quit saying CD cause they don't exist anymore, but and then you see them live and you realize that like, they're not even, you know, it's, they're not well, even playing. It hardly. sounds almost, it sounds almost identical than here, but there, there, there was a thing that kind of switched over, like, you know, you know, the past like 15 years to where some bands sounded so fucking good. And then once somebody kind of did it, then everybody wanted to sound perfect on stage. Then it became like, this is the way you're supposed to do it. Then it was like, well, we can do all the our own light light cues, and uh, you know, what I mean, have you know, we could have all the geysers hit at the same time. We can have all the risers hit, and we can bring this into clubs, and then you know, all the guitars, and now it sounds perfect. But the thing is, is that it, it starts, and, and but that's like that's how it all started to change. You know, what I mean, early on, like over the past you know, eight years, the producers started writing the song for the band, you know, I mean, a lot of those, a lot of the smaller bands that are coming up right now, that's what they do. They go to one of these four or five guys, they pay them a bunch of money. I know who the people are that do it. They go over, they go over, they pay them money. Then they're like, I did this band, this band, this band, this band. Then they write them the song that sounds like the single that they think that the record label wants to hear that that they think that is going to get them airplay that and then they can say this song was produced by so and so he did a b c d yep. e and f and then they go and you know you go and hire a publicist guy See there's that. a couple of them out there that get you fake radio stations to report you and then it says yep. that you're on it says you're on a, a billboard and then you know you're like yeah we're billboard number three you've never heard of this band it's because it's all fake reporting. So they're paying this guy who's lying to them so that they can lie to the people on their Facebook or Instagram that they're really on billboard when they're not. But it's just as long as they're paying him, they stay there. Yep. But it's not real spin, so it doesn't account to anything. Okay, you know so, what I mean? And, and you know because you, you have these bands all the time. Yeah, you know what uh, I mean? So, Jerry, all right. This this. This conversation took a different direction than I thought it was gonna, and you now you got me fired up. And I'm gonna say something very controversial about a band, but in my opinion, what everything you're talking about, and I'm gonna get crucified for this, and you can tell me I'm a fucking idiot, but in my humble opinion, the band Ghost is an example of that. And here's why. <coughs> they have the same lead singer, everyone else has masks on, so you never know who the band members are. And, and 
I just feel like they are, and don't get me wrong, I like the music, but I feel like it's a marketing campaign. It's just well, ghost. I, ghost is a ghost is a different situation <clears throat> because uh, I would say no, but as far as a marketing position, yes, ghost is and always was kind of like a solo project. It's one guy's band, and it's okay. one guy who writes all the music. So ghost was never, as far as I know, like a democratic band of a band that writes songs. I believe Ghost was always his I can't his think of a, is it Tobias? I can't yeah, think of Tobias. Him. Tobias yeah. Forge. Okay. So I believe that it was always, as far as I know from people in the business, it's always been his thing. Like how uh, Richie Patrick is Filter, even though Filter is Filter, you know, like how... Uh, Richard is filter and how, um, uh, what's his name, uh, is nine inch nails. Trent Reznor is nine inch nails. Yeah, it's under, right a, it's under a moniker of a band, but it's really, there's nothing about a band about any of those things. Probably the same thing with Queens of the Stone Age. You know I mean? There it's one guy, but ghost is genuinely that I, that guy writes all of his own shit. He does it all himself, but, it's, I don't believe it was a democratic situation. You know what I mean? I think that, you know, they, he thought of a, a cool way of marketing. Okay. Uh, and that's why it's getting the marketing situation. part. Is... But as far as, as far as it being a, uh, you know, like a, uh, uh, like created, like a lot of these other things are, but these things that are created like that, they don't, people, the reason why that a lot of that stuff doesn't work and, Again, you see a lot of these, the smaller baby bands that do it. And because you book them, you know, I've played with you with some of them. Um, it never goes anywhere because it's soulless and people can sense that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just like a dog can sense fear or a, a fucking feral animal, a bear, a fucking dog, a fucking coyote, a wolf can sense fear. Even if you hear a perfect song, if it has no soul you know sure. you you the people subconsciously sense it and it just doesn't go anywhere it just they just they just do that again and again and again and year after year you have them back for 40 people in your rooms and it's cool and you're helping out uh a scene but you know it got to a point to where people it, it it's not about loving what you create it became and I, I I fell into that trap for a few years, even with my own band. It becomes an obsession with wanting to be in that world so bad that it's more about getting there and nothing else matters but trying to figure out, you know, does this producer write this song for, for this band? And this band uh, is like, you know, got the opening slot on this thing, so maybe I'll get him. And, you know, it's, it's less about the creative artistic side of playing something and writing it yourself and wanting to do your own thing and more about, uh, you know, getting in the game. Well, yeah, getting in the game. I'm glad we talked about Ghost a little bit. I mean, you opened my eyes to that because I always just looked at them as a marketing gimmick. 
And and yeah, well, and, and, I mean, and music aside, I, I like the music. I just always felt like there was some marketing guy that put the put them together and said, you know. And I guess I even saw him live. And when I saw him, I'm thinking, all right, here's all these faceless people in this band, you know. And and I felt like it, like and see, you got to understand, I, I'm a marketing advertising guy. That's what I did all my life till I walked away. Well, I mean, for, from from his standpoint, at the, at the, it was a it was a brilliant idea brilliant. for him to find a way. <laughs> For, for him to find a way for something uh, to stand out in a way to draw attention to it. And the, the contrast of uh, his musical direction, uh, you know, to what the visual is, is so drastic. If you really think about it, yeah. it, it makes it kind of, kind of cool. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? And, and I'm um, not slighting the guy for, good marketing because again that's what i did all my and life it's a, and it's also they they have a great team uh a friend of mine is their manager Kristen, okay. and i well, um, apologize and to him i take it all back. oh no 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 it's okay <laughs> no she's and she's a badass and and she she's a she's a powerful uh super intelligent woman that's been in this business for many many years many 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 years working from with slayer and in, in the days and running slayer business and, mm-hmm. and all that and the and Mastodon, that was her fucking thing too. So, um, and, and I mean, it's cool that there's a powerful woman running, you know, <laughs> you know, Slayer and Mastodon business. And you then Ghost, it. yeah. Um, but I do know that uh, Ghost is it's it's a legit thing. Uh, I did meet Tobias uh, a long time ago. I was on tour with Mortise doing a tour, and uh, we all went to uh, the House of Shock. Uh, Philip Anselmo's uh, horror. Uh, he has a ho- he had a horror house like oh, yeah. in Louisiana. I forgot. And they about invited that. us yeah. and uh, ghosts to get, and they opened up the whole place for us. It wasn't even like Halloween time, and they had all the actors in there and they barbecued food for us and they did this whole special thing for us and ghosts. I'll never forget it. It was a lot of fun. But that's when I first met the guys in Ghost, and at that point, it was their first record, and no one knew who anybody was at mm-hmm. all. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, but, sure. Uh, but I totally understand where you're coming from. So yeah. there, there are, you know, there's a lot of legit stuff, but a lot of the bigger things that you see that are legit, you got to understand. Like uh, Lincoln Park was massive because they were that good. He was that good of a singer. Oh yeah, they were that great of a band. You know what I mean? Um, you know, a, a lot of these artists that that became System of a Down is a huge band because they refuse to ever let anybody write their music their artistic integrity is more important than any dollar sign or any record label and let me tell you, you know, so so with system of the down that that that's a good example because when you hear some of their music you can tell there was some dude in executive like boy i don't know if people are gonna like that you might want to change totally. it and they were like fuck you and they did it anyway you know what I mean? And, <laughs> you know, I mean, you could say the same for, thing for even like a, a very good friend of mine, um, Matt Shadows, and the guys, and all, well, they're all buddies of mine, but the guys from Event Sevenfold, they're like very good, dear friends of mine. And, you know, they kind of, you know, over the years, they went from scream core band to, you know, becoming like a, like bro rock almost in a way, you know, and and then they just put out a record. They put out the last few records and, it's all about their. They've always been about their artistic integrity, even when their their records were huge. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not saying they they never weren't. 
they were just that good. But even their new record, I fucking love that record. But they went out on a limb and did something that they didn't know that if people were going to love or hate, but they didn't care. And a lot of people are still angry about that record, this new record, but it's probably going to be their biggest record they've ever had. You know, yep. so there, there are a lot of bands that are still striving to, you know, I respect when somebody that is my friend that, that has it all, that all he has to do is all they have to do is keep right, rewriting hell to the king over and over again. And it'll just, they'll keep packing out places. They could just keep giving the same thing, but they refuse to do that. You know I mean? Yeah. They're, they're ever, uh, ever evolving. I think that there's something cool to be said about that, but at the same time, you got to realize all the bands that are following the trends of these bands, like the, the 10,000 bands that want to sound like Shinedown, the 10,000 bands that want to sound like Five Finger Death Punch, the 10,000 bands that want to sound like Bring Me The Horizon. The thing is, is that everybody's trying to get into something by copying something. But by the time you get caught up to copying, these bands have already like moved on and done well, something yeah. different and made a left-hand turn. I agree with that. You know 100%. what I mean? Oh, and yeah. I think most of what you hear is like, you know, and I'm not trying to be negative about it, but a lot of it is just the same old, like, you know, uh, gloss over soulless, shiny bullshit that all sounds the same. You don't hear anger. You don't hear soul. You don't hear, you hear, what you hear is uh, variations of something that worked over and over again. Yep. And a copy of 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 a copy. And it's just, and it's, I think that's been the, the biggest downfall fall of uh, the state of what rock music is. And that's why the, the legacy artists are out there still carrying the torch and doing it. But they're, there are still up and comers that are doing it. I mean, Turnstile is a band who I fucking love and adore. That is everything of what I'm describing. They are fucking, they care about, you know, their artistic vision. They're all about the music. I mean, there are bands that, that are doing it. And when they do it and with a little bit of help, it, it strikes nerves out there because there isn't a lot of that. You know what I mean? They're, oh, sure. it, that's just the way that it is. You know, yep. um, so, you know, it, 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 it's trippy. It's, it's weird to be, to grow up, uh, at the tail end of something and then see that how, uh, the business and how music has changed and transformed over time. And it's not that I'm a boomer, you know, this guy's just this, he's just old. It's not that you can, you know, uh, zoom out and look at it you know, like, wow, you know, there, there isn't a lot. I mean, there, of course there are exceptions and there are a lot of great bands. You know, there are a lot of subgenres that have continued on doing certain things, but it, even within those subgenres, you find a lot of the same thing. It works for one, then everybody wants to be that one. And then it's like, I want that guy, whoever wrote their song, I want them to write by. Yeah, see, and I went through whatever, before the pandemic, I went through a phase, not me a phase, but a band phase. How do I say? I'm saying it all wrong. I, the, I would book these bands and they were a cookie cutter of each other. And yeah, as they would course. come through and I, and I, you know, they were all, it was, they were all good and they were good musicians and everything, but they, they all, you could tell one was just trying to be the same as the other because they saw this niche 
and that was working. No, yeah, well, totally. And and they'll they'll be the first one to, you know, say check out my music. It's produced by this guy who produced this band, this band, this band, and this band. That'll be the first thing they'll tell you right away. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Oh, here's our new thing. It was it was produced by so and so. He did, you know, things shine down. Da 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 da. You know, it's it's not like. Here's here's what I fucking here's what I created. I fucking hope it pisses you off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, or or you know, like I want to I want to feel something. You know what I mean? Like, whether in in one way or another, I don't I don't for me personally, when it is in that soulless range, it just becomes a background thing. You know, like I can go, yeah, you know. I guess that's cool. Yeah, that's catchy. It's just, it just doesn't do anything for me. It sounds like that, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it's good enough to be good enough. Sure. Yeah, good enough to be good enough. Yeah. Right. But this, is, that, is, that, is that, is that what we strive for? Is no. To just be good enough to get in there and be good enough to be good enough. It, for it, me, that hasn't been anything of what my career has been about. You know, I've been fired from bands. I've had successes. I've had failures. I've been to fucking jail. I've had fucking everything. My friends are dead. I've been through life, crazy fucking fucked up shit and, and been counted out and then climbed back up and did it again and climbed back, you know, been knocked down and climbed back again and again and again and again. But it's about passion. It's about fucking like integrity. It's about, uh, you know, your passion for what you love and what you do. My thing is, I'm going to leave a fucking scar on the fucking world. Yep. You know I what I mean? That. Like, I I, I'm not yep. going to be, I'm not going to be like, yeah, that was good enough. You know yeah. what I mean? It ain't, it ain't like that. You know? Yeah. I'm when, not, a, I'm not a good enough guy. I mean, and that's, yeah, I think I when like I left the corporate world, I was in marketing and advertising and I was just at the last couple of years, I was just phoning it in. I didn't give two shits. I, I, you know, I'd put the ad copy out and I'd write the, write the ads and do whatever I was doing and work for a corporation. And then I switched to a bigger corporation. And it was like, my mind just was like, you know, I could have done it, but I was doing and everyone was happy with what I was doing, but I was doing it in my sleep. And I just was like, you know what? I need a new challenge and to walk away from a very good job and, and, and all that. And I speak about it a lot on here, but, it, and to start top billing entertainment and do what, but at least now I'm doing, I'm giving it a hundred ten percent and I love what I do sitting here talking to you. This is th just this conversation. It, I love it. I, and I love the insights and what you're saying and, and how you, you, corrected me about ghost. <laughs> I thought, you know what I mean? I love it. This is, this is why I love doing what I'm doing. It's, it's just perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, I let's, I'd like to change gears a little bit and just, you know, I talk about your career. I mean, I, you, you've been around, you've done some really cool shit and, and, you know, just when, when, Put in the time frame or context, like when when you did you tour with Hell Yeah? Like what years was that? And you know, I mean, there's there's been so much. I mean, w w the Hell Yeah years were, uh, you know, we're all still friends. The guitar player Tom and I, we, we've been working on music for the past few years. Again, uh, Hell Yeah, Hell Yeah was a was like an idea that Tom Maxwell and I kind of dreamt up. You know, I mean, 
I mean, really, kind of, honestly, if I had to say, I, I'm the one who first, first dreamt up the idea. You know, like, we were all on tour together in Louisiana, uh, us, Mudvayne, and Disturbed. And uh, we used to tour Mudvayne a lot. This is on the LD50 record. Uh, and, uh, you know, there was a lot going on. And, we, and Tom... Maxwell and I, we just, all we did, we would just drink and drink and drink. And so did Chad and our singer did drugs, you know, rest in peace. Uh, so we didn't really hang out with our singer, uh, Matt, you know, he was, his thing was like, and this is when you, know, you were in the deadlights. This is when I was in nothing thing. Oh, nothing. So thing. Our oh. Singer, yeah. So it was kind of like both of our bands were split down the middle. Like we were the drinkers. Then our singer was into the drugs and not drinking. And then with Mudvayne, Chad was the drinker. And then a couple of the other guys, one of the other guys was more sober. And then the other couple of guys were like into drugs. So Chad and Chad was more of like an alpha male, like Tom Maxwell and I, we were like drunk. Let's, let's go out. You know, we were like, let's fucking get drunk and break shit. You know what I mean? That's how we were, you know? And then we'll, then we started hanging out with Chad. It was like we found somebody who was exactly like us. So then we became like the three musketeers, best friends, you know. So every night we get drunk and it'd be like, all right, you know, uh, you know, I'm gonna punch you in the face as hard as I can. <laughs> all right, and that that's what we'd do. We'd do this thing, fight club, and we'd get so drunk. And I swear to God, we would punch each other with closed fists in the face as hard as we could, like. Stand there, arms down. Okay, give me one. <clears throat> and I'd be like, ah, okay, your turn. Ah, and that's what we would do. You know, we were like fucking crazy. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and so it got to a point where it was like, his band didn't want him hanging out with us. You know what I mean? Our band, no one could control us, so we didn't have rules. But they would come over to our bus and literally, like, have their crew come over and grab him. And pull him off of our bus, like unwillingly, to where he was like kicking, screaming, fighting them, yeah. holding on to the door, you know. And they would have to drag him away incoherently. And one night we were we were drunk on uh, Bourbon Street, <clears throat> and uh, his his girlfriend at the time had called, and he was on the phone, and he uh, he picked up the phone. He was so drunk, Chad, and he started to kind of lean forward, but he didn't put his hands out, and he hit flat straight on his face on the concrete like smash his face and i just laughed so fucking hard and we never (laughs) seen anything so stupid only good friends would laugh you know what i mean that's yeah he was bleeding everywhere he was dude he was bleeding everywhere and he was laughing and we were like dying like what the fuck and and i remember i said you know what i'm like phil anselmo made his own band so that he could just get high and do drugs with all his friends when we make our own band we can get as drunk as we want and no one can tell us what to do. We'll be the bosses. And then we were like laughing and everybody and me, Tad, me, Chad and Tom were like, the other two guys were like, yeah, yeah. that's what we need to do. We need to make our own band. Then fucking no one can tell us what we could do. And we could just go out and tour every once in a while and get as fucked up as we want. And so that was the goal, you know, like, Okay, and I remember uh, uh, we were like, well, fuck yeah, let's do it, let's do it. And then 
you know, I, I was like, we'll call it fucking multiple stab wounds. <laughs> and we'll just make it the heaviest fucking band in the world to where no one would even like it, you know? And so we were like, fuck yeah. So it became like a joke for about a year of us saying multiple stab wounds, multiple stab wounds, you know? And, and then Tom came up with this new name called Cold White Christ. And we were like, okay, whatever. We don't give a fuck what the name is called, you know, because yes, it's just whatever. And, and it was a cool name. So then that was the name of the band. And then I was doing Danzig and Nothing Face and Tom was doing Nothing Face stuff and Chad was doing Mudvayne and they had come out with their second record. And uh, I was like, we should really like record a song and make some music before I have to go do more Danzig and before Chad's next Mudvayne record comes out because as soon as Mudvayne puts out the next record, uh, which was, I think at the time, I think it was the second or third record. Maybe it was going to be the third record. I can't remember. Maybe it was the second record. But, you know, I knew that, you know, he was going to be working for the next three years, you know? Yep. Yep. So we kept just kind of talking about it. And eventually we all went to Maryland. And it was a drummer from Nothing Faces, a drummer. And we recorded our first song, which was Waging War. And it's on the first Hell Yeah record. So basically, Hell Yeah was created like for three to four years before anybody had ever heard of it or before Vinnie Paul was in it. It was, mm-hmm. already, it was already created. And songs were already recorded, you know? Sure. During the Nothing Face Skeletons era. And, uh, and then we kind of all went back to our worlds and, and then, you know, it was going to, it kind of went on the back burner. And I, I just kept calling everybody like, we really need to do this before I'm too busy. You're too, we're all getting too busy. Yep. And so eventually I called up Vinny and he said, yes, after some, you know, everybody knows the rest of the story, but, but that's kind of, you know, where it came from and the making of the record and all that. And it, it, it's special and it's, it's a cool thing, you know? And, and, and then I came from that, I can, you know, did Danzig. I came back and did the deadlights. I fucking came back, did Piercy, you know, yep. before hell. Yeah. I was doing, uh, we were doing nothing face for all those years. I was doing the deadlights, you know, so it's, so, it's been a constant movement, yeah. you know, you're busy. Yeah. It's the uh, three weeks ago. I had a, a Gus, his, his, Gus and he was security and he was Vinny's security for a year, for two and a half years. And he was one of my guests and he, spoke so dearly of him but uh who uh, uh, gus gustafson it, it would have been i i think it would have been after you well okay but um i probably met him oh i'm sure he's he's just a big big dude <laughs> you know what i mean but but anyway uh but he talked so dearly of Vinny. but uh but i gotta i i i don't want to keep it too much longer but i gotta ask you about your time with Danzig. And the reason I ask Danzig? is Glenn, yeah. like, okay. So when I grew up, I was a skateboard kid and, and we liked the punk rock and, and Danzig is the first Danzig disc near and dear to my heart. I'd probably put it in my top 10 ever. And how was that? Like, like when you were with them, what, what, what era, how, how, how long, I, I mean, came. I came in. I came into Danzig on Elucifari, and then uh, I came in on Elucifari record, and then we did 
Circle of Snakes. And then after Circle of Snakes, I did uh, a lot of the uh, Lost Tracks and Dancing album. I was with him for a long time. It, it was, you know, I was, as a late teen, uh, I would say that Danzig was probably, Danzig became, like, when I was a young teen, uh, Metallica was my band. When I learned how to play music, it was, I learned how to play, I learned how to play bass from learning every Metallica song. Like, sure. Metallica wasn't, you know, it, you know, I started playing probably around the time of Injustice for All record. So I was like, so I you was, couldn't like, hear yourself first, play. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm just saying that. <laughs> yeah, they... <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but the, no, but no, that's a lie. I probably started playing. That's not true. I started playing probably around the time of. Yeah, I'd say Injustice for All. Yeah. What I meant but by that is the they first, always say they turn yeah, the bass down. Yeah, because there's no bass on it. Yeah. <laughs> but the first record that really struck a nerve with me was Kill 'Em All, and it's still my favorite metallic record. Um, I speak very that, highly of Metallica every podcast. People probably get at nauseum because I love them forever. Yeah, well, know? I mean, the Kill 'Em All record. So it was like learning, like all my early like 13 years old when I was in my first band, it was all only doing fucking covers of Metallica. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like sure. all of that, that's, that's where it started. But, uh, later in life, um, uh, you know, that, that changed over time. And one, the second that I got Danzig one, I was really into Danzig one, but Elucifer came out and, I was into Danzig one and when Elucifer I came out, it was like, it was like hearing master of puppets to me. It was my favorite fucking record I'd ever heard in my life. Yeah. So uh, the, you know, I, w I went, I went and saw them a bunch on the Elucifer tours with white zombie and Caius and, and, uh, uh, agony call. I saw, I saw them three times. I think I Elucifer. um, and I even waited outside the tour bus and met them. I, me and me and John Christ are buddies too. We, we've been doing podcasts together lately a lot and oh, really? talking more. And, oh yeah. There, if you look on YouTube there, even in the past of like, I'd say month, there's a couple of new uh, podcasts that, that John Christ and I have done together, but, um, and we're buddies. We talk on the phone a lot, you know, uh, he's such a nice guy, but, um, you know, I would wait outside the bus to meet those guys. And I was, I was like, you know, 13, four, uh, 14, 15 years old, you know? Mm -hmm. So, Fast forward later in life to meeting Glenn years before I, I joined the band. Yeah. Well, it was cool when I first met him, you know, I mean, I was, I knew him many years before being in the band. So, uh, you know, I probably met him around like Danzig five. So, you know, and then in Danzig six, I was doing my band, uh, the deadlight, but the guitar player, my friend Jeff was in the band I was talking about earlier, 57 crown. And then he ended up being the guitar player on Danzig Six. Um, and then my first band in LA, when I first got to LA, was called Suffer in '93 or '94. Was with uh, Blasco, the bass player for Ozzy, <laughs> and that was my first band in the LA scene. And uh, now, now Blasco's been playing bass for Ozzy, but he plays prom, plays the dancing, da 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 da. Um, Rob Zombie, you know, all that shit. But uh, Rob, so I, it was funny because I ended up 
in a band with Rob and then my guitar player, Jeff, ended up on six. And then I ended up coming in on seven. You know what I mean? Like sure. all, it was always kind of like around me. But uh, as far as working with him, it was fun. It was exciting. Touring with him was always fun. You know, he's a guy that uh, he loves the chaotic energy of anything that's going on. I feel it's like crazy. As crazy and fucked up and fucking out of our fucking minds we were. I mean, and it was like crazy on a whole other level. Like if I, if cops were coming to the hotel because I destroyed the lobby at four o'clock in the morning when I was an alcoholic or, or smashing windows out of a hotel room or whatever, like crazy shit. The next day he would just laugh. You know what I mean? Like, it was almost like, yeah, that's just another chapter for the Danzig story. Like really? he, he never, you were never in trouble. He never complained. He was never like, yeah, fuck, what are you doing? He wasn't like that. He was like, that was fucking crazy. You're retarded. What are you doing? You know, I mean, like, you know, it, that's cool. It that, that's cool. Yeah. Cause, cause I never knew, you know, just seeing his interviews and whatever, I never knew like how you would, how he would be in real life, you know, talking to him or whatever. You know, he still has that punk rock spirit, you know what I mean? I mean, there's different versions of him. I, I, I obviously lived with a different version of him, but the, you know, I knew him very well. Um, He's somebody I admire. He's somebody I respect. And he's somebody that I have a lot of gratitude towards because he, uh, he, allowed me to be a part of his legacy of something that will last forever. Yep. And, you know, sure. um, I, I, I got to figure blessed. out how to see, I I've never seen him live. I, and oh, I got to figure it out. I mean, <laughs> I've been blessed and lucky to have, you know, gold records on my wall and, and it, to accomplish like the dreams that I had and to have been a part of long lasting legacies that are that I'm a teeniest part of, like being a part of the Pantera world and being a part of the Danzig world, you know, um, on top of the other things that I've done. So, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, you know, it, it, it's something that I, it's a, it's something that I carry as a badge of honor. I don't look back. I'm always moving forward. Yep. You know what I mean? It's well, not, it's not like I'm sitting back on, Hey man, I was a bass player for Danzig. Hey man. I was, I played with Dimebag Daryl. Hey man, I was in a band with Vinnie Paul. Hey man, I played with the guys from Mortis. Hey man, I, I toured with fucking this, you know, it isn't like that. Cause you know, as, as my, as things changed, good or bad, I always adapted to my environment. And then it just made me train harder to come back stronger. So whether it was, you know, coming back and doing what I had to do with the, with death division, which was, repair my damaged uh career from my alcoholism when i got sober and create a band that was okay but it wasn't about the band that i created then it was about um proving to myself and to my peers that i for people to go hey man that guy's sober and he's running his own business and he's out there doing it again on his own and before i knew it boom i was like we were out opening up with for Megadeth, doing oh, yeah. fucking, uh, you know, outdoor shed with Hell Yeah, my old band. So, you know, and then when that fell apart, then it was like, okay, now I'm going to readjust. What am I doing? I'm going to fucking, you know, continue writing, continue working. And then I came back with 
you know, like Piercy. And then, you know, Piercy, I had a good time doing that. Granted, it wasn't my uh, type of music. I liked rap, but, you know, the 80s thing wasn't my thing. So it was meant to be a temporary situation that lasted longer than I expected. But it's another thing that I got to be in a band with a dude that when I was 11 years old, I cut out pictures of him and put him on my wall. And that was the you know same what I mean? for me, booking him. You know what I mean? Like, like Totally. So, yeah. so like, look, I did it. You know what I mean? Like, and, and now I'm making this solo record band and I'm all these amazing artists from my past of all these, from all these huge bands are all, playing like instruments or different parts on my record that I'm seeing. And that's what I was going to ask you. So, so, so that's right now what you're doing is the soul you're, you're putting a solo project together. Yeah. I've been recording the, the destroyer X album for the past four months and everything's pretty much done. I'm playing guitar. I play guitar and sing. I wrote every song, wrote every, everything. <laughs> and then, uh, since I'm a bass player, I decided what I wanted to do instead of playing bass on the record was, uh, have one of my friends have a different friend of mine from another band play bass on every song. Mm-hmm. So like a ba- every bass player that I admire or respect, or that's a friend of mine that I, that to have each one of them play uh, one of the tracks on my record. So I got like, you know, some cool people, Chavo from system of down. I talked to JT yesterday from black label society. He's doing a song and, you know, I got this long list of like all these cool dudes that are going to play bass on one of my songs. So it's kind of cool. And then, now, well, you know, uh, are you going to, uh, so the process that you, so you're putting it together and then do you take it to a record label or how does explain that? I haven't decided, I haven't decided yet right now, right now I've recorded pretty, almost all the record. I've done all the vocals, done all the guitars, done all the scratch bass. We did the drums. It's pretty much done. I got to do some background vocals in this next week and a half. And then we're starting to send out songs to the bass players. And then once I get all the bass players on it, then uh, I'm going to start talking to buddies of mine, like John Christ, to do a guitar solo on a song. You know what I mean? Then have this guy do a guitar solo on a song. And kind of just so that it's, it's like a record that I've done, something I've always wanted to do. It's in my own words. It's my own, you know, complete vision. But with, some of the greatest people that were a part of my journey or people that I admired or, or always respected or wanted on something to have it a part of this thing that I want to do, gotcha. you know, so, and then we'll, then we see what happens. But so, you know, it's not really super metal, you know, it's, it's when, more when, me. When do you think, uh, number one, I love, I love when artists work together and do like spots on one or the other, uh, you know, I, I just, I love to see, like how you're saying, guess this, guess that. I, I love that stuff. Uh, when it, 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 Do you have a projected release date or or hopeful? or? I don't right now because it's summer, it's summertime. So I'm hoping that I can get everybody to play bass on all the songs by the fall because it's such a busy time. So I'm going to see how that plays out. And then, I mean, if I had to, if I had to guess, it would say next year because I'm supposed to be starting to shoot a documentary with a, with a director about uh, uh, he wants to do something about my, you know, my crazy fucking Your crazy life, life story. Yeah. 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 So well, you know we're, what? We're going to start shooting this documentary film, like an actual film, probably towards the into the fall. So you're going to be busy. You know, yeah. Well, we've, we've been having meetings about it for about six months 
and yeah. storyboards and, and you know I'm a documentary it's, it's junkie. A long, <laughs> it's a it's been a it's a long process to but to do it right and set it up. So that's part of uh what else is to be in the next, you know, couple of years. So I was kind of wow. I want them to be intertwined in a way. Oh, uh, sure. Well, they would be so perfect we'll to both come out the same. Yeah, I see exactly what it you're would, saying. It would, but I, I think that the documentary is going to take longer. But, it, it, you know, the, the journey of what it is will be a part of it and stuff. But, well, will so, you do me a favor? You know, yeah. When when that next step comes, I get a hold of me again. I'd love to have you back on and hear all about it. I mean, this this conversation, I was just going to it took the the first half of it took such a different direction that I wanted it to that I loved because I love hearing the behind the music type thing that you were talking about and 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 what you were saying on the beginning about just four guys producing or whatever and what I'd love to do is in a and whenever this new solo project comes out or the, like I'd love to have you back. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just it, it this was this is by far one of my favorite conversations I had yet. I mean, I love everybody that I've talked to and everything I've done, but you you have a lot of insight, my friend, and it was a great. I it was it, it, like I'm a little Starstruck, should I say? Not starstruck. Ah. I, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. I just everything you talked about is is why I do this and and why I want to learn about more about the behind the scenes. I know the behind the scenes of this industry as far as booking a band and they come in and blah blah blah. But I want I the the meat and potatoes part is the recording studios and 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 the process. You know what I mean? And that's that's I I, I it was great. I, it was great. I, I don't want to keep it too much longer. We've been, you know, talking for about an hour, but I, I just, I hope you stay in touch. I hope you ever get, if you ever get back out on the road with anybody, hit me up, you know? Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'll always be on the road with somebody. You yeah. know what I mean? Again, it's like the only reason, the reason why I, I kind of had to step away from doing the other thing. Well, I mean, obviously it was because it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be forever. They wanted me to stay, but it just, you know, I had fun doing it, but it wasn't my world. I felt like a uh, an alien in a world playing with, you know, bubblegummy eighties bands. You know what I mean? Oh, I get it. And, and, not, and, and not if you that, look if if you look at your resume, your resume doesn't and I say resume, it's probably not the right word, but it, it doesn't fit with the Stephen Piercy. Well, with, world. with Piercy, Piercy music, I love, I don't consider that that, but when you have to play with shit like slaughter or some of that kind of fucking shit like that, you know what I mean? I'd be like, Oh God, you yeah. know, like I just wanted to, I wanted to like hide, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, that, that, those gigs, speaking of bands that play with lots of backing tracks, <laughs> really? you know what I mean? you're giving away a lot of secrets today <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wouldn't mention them what there's keep the one your hands on keep your eyes on the hands of the faces yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 we won't just uh, <laughs> sorry i mean, but uh i know yeah, exactly so, what you're but, talking about but but oh, anyway yeah. but but you know like but it was fun and um but i had to uh you know i want i knew that i I was had this this uh, film that we were going to work on, and I and I had all these songs that I really wanted to be able to 
do them. And as I get older, I'm 48 years old. It's like, I'm not getting younger and there's less time to do the things that I want to do. And I, I was like, I can keep doing this and another two years will go by. And I, and maybe then by then I won't do this record. And so I just really felt like I needed to do this now, you know, and, yep. and start to, uh, you know, and then Tom and I from Ellie yeah, have been writing music and stuff. So I just, I didn't want to uh, paint myself into like a thing that I'm just constantly, you know, you know, it's like when, when someone's like living hand to mouth, you know, you're kind of like, you, you, you do it, you get with that. It's like, I fly, get there, do it, get on a plane, fly home, get home, unpack my bag. I'm home for two days and then I'm going to leave the next morning. So it leaves no time for me to oh. like get anything really done. Anything you know? for yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to like fucking to get your laundry and dishes done and go to the store when you're going to leave in two days again, because all he does is fly deep, you yeah. know? So, you know, it's like you're con it's, it's kind of a, a constant movement, but you know, and as fun as it was, it's not my band. That's, that's his thing, you know? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and I, res I respect that. And I, and I'm, I'm uh, grateful that I got to play those songs on stage with that guy and, you know what I mean? It, and it I'm is grateful what it for is. it too, because because of you, I mean, I got to see him, I got to meet him, I got to, you know, right. it, it was it was a very big moment for me just because of the nostalgia of <laughs> Rat in my yeah. life. As I mean, a kid. It, 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 yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it, it was fun. It is what it is. I mean, you know, there there there's ups and downs and everything, but I just knew that this wasn't like my. Uh, this wasn't that, and this wasn't my be all end all. Yep. You know, what I mean, oh, no. I have. It sounds like, like you got a lot on the horizon. I got, I got other places to go and other things to do. It was a, it was a pit stop. You know what I mean? It, you know, I was, I was a tourist, and yep. and now you know it's something that I did, and and that's fucking really cool. And uh, yeah, that was moving, moving ever forward now onto this record, which I think people are going to trip out on when they hear it because it's well, not going to be. I can't what wait you to expect. hear. It. Yeah, it's I can't wait. I I it is as excited as you sound about it. I can't. I it's probably going to be awesome. I mean, I can hear it it's in your voice cool, how man. excited it's, you are. I, uh, I'm really excited. It's it's very rock and roll. You know, it's got a little bit of a punk rock attitude and vibe, and you know, it's it's, it's anything between Turbo Negro and Rise Against, and you know, uh, fucking. Uh, I don't even know social distortion. Uh, nice. You know, like yeah. it's well, more in a songwriter, but it's all me. It's like it's not me writing heavy riffs to be to try to rewrite one of my old bands. I'm doing something completely different than any of my other bands. It's something well, that's just true to me. And when I wrote the songs, I, I didn't write them to. I didn't write them like I'm making a record now. I'm doing this. It wasn't like that. I just wrote a couple of songs and then wrote another one. Gotcha. And even lyrically and content wise, I never had any intention of any other human being ever really hearing them. So I didn't give a fuck what I said in these songs. And when I got done with them, it's like, yeah, it's 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 a it's it's a little on the rough side. It's a little angry. It's a little this but it's real and it's unapologetic and it's true and it's well, me i can't wait and to hear i love it, it man i you it, know yeah. so do me a favor stay in touch because when you when you put it out we'll bring you back on 
and uh, we're growing this thing pretty quick and pretty fast. So uh, I, 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 I got to wrap it up here. Um, but thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And thanks for it having was, me. It was like know. the coolest conversation. Just the 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 insider stuff you talked about, and 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 the where you've been, what you've done. I appreciate it so much. And I've just, had a blast, and, and I I, I got to say, you know, I appreciate you, and I'm I'm so thankful that there are people like you out there in this world that are doing this. You know, I come across a lot of promoters, and you know. There's a lot of there's a lot of great people out there, and I'm happy to know that you're one of them that's out there taking care of us artists when we're out there. And well, thank anytime I've ever seen your name or or you know your city or anything, I'm like fuck yeah, this is going to be cool. You know, I mean, you always go the extra mile. Well, I, you take, know, that, I, up, I take pride you know, in I'll that. pick you up at your hotel, Jerry. What do you want to do? Like, let's go do this. Da 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 da. You know, yep. it's like it's an absolute pleasure. And you've always been great to me, and, and I just want you to wanted to thank you and hey, and no, say uh, no, you know thank I'm you. glad that you're out there. Yeah, well, awesome. All right, man. Well, you take care. Stay in touch. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, and thanks for having me. And check out uh, um, Instagram slash Jerry Montano to find me on Instagram. Find me on Facebook. Find me on Twitter. Uh, check in. You know, see what I'm doing, and give me a follow and a shout. And thank you for having me. All right, man. Thank you. Have a great day. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. And there we have it. Another episode of the Johnny O Podcast. Thanks to Jerry. What a great conversation. One of my favorites. Um, thanks to Mr. Zills for producing this thing. And everyone have a great day. We'll see you next time.